What is up, Kangaroo Chasers? On this one, we chat to Justin Tucker, the founder of the Queen City Royals from Vermont, New England, in the US of A. I'm Michael Carboni. This is episode 86 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. All right, guys, welcome back to the pod and welcome back to the People's Champion of Rugby League Twitter, the biggest tiger. Oh, sorry, you've just... Uh, I didn't see you there. I was just reading a great story by Ray Warren called The Voice. Have you read this book? No. What do you say? What happened? Tell me. So it's his autobiography. I think he wrote it in 2014 or 2013 or something like that. But um, my uh, a good friend of mine who's a, a Brisbane Broncos fan, Rev underscore Boyle for anyone on Twitter, he um, he's a bit off rugby league this year. Uh, that's <laughs> understandable. Done, yeah, he doesn't. Well, a lot of us lose. I mean, you and I have been going through some difficult things for a couple of years anyway. And so he gave me an absolute uh, goldmine of books, one of which was uh, this autobiography by Ray Warren um, written in 2014. And uh, anyway, it's fantastic. I'm struggling to put it down. But I'll do it for you, Carbs, and the fantastic people of Chasing Kangaroos because um, you guys are worth it. And I think you can also get books on... This is a terrible, this sounds like I've done a terrible segue, so I'm not going to do it. Keep going. What were you going to ask? <laughs> you're going to mention, I know what you're going to say, but I was going to ask uh, No, you. I'm not going to. I'm not going <laughs> we'll to. We'll save that for later. I was going to ask you, when yeah. you read R- R- Rabs's autobiography, do you like read 100% it in, it's his, in his, voice? his voice? Yeah, yeah. That's what 100%. I thought. 100%. Yeah. 100%. It's like when you read Samuel yeah. L. Jackson quotes, like it has to be in his voice. <laughs> I think Rabs yeah. is the same. So that's, that's pretty cool, man. I might have to borrow it off you when you're done because it uh, sounds Are like you, a really uh, good read. You know, hundred percent should, and also the other thing that I've started doing um, is the he, it's ghost written or it's co-written with by Andrew Webster, and he does a forward, and ah. and he just goes through his favourite um, Rabs uh, calls, and it's just a, essentially Andrew talking about the first time he met Rabs, and all he did was just imitate Rabs to <laughs> to Rabs, and it made me think about my favourite one, and now Littlest is obsessed with um, he, th- he thinks it's really funny when I when I do my favourite Rabs one which uh, he and I do in the bathroom when we're having a shower, is he says, Dada Singh, and I do, Marshall skips away, Marshall skips away, Marshall's still going. And he thinks, <laughs> <laughs> he just can't get enough of me saying it, which just really proves that he is, uh, there's no uh, paternity test needed there. That guy's, that little list tiger is definitely. He's all yours. Striped heart. Yeah. That's right. He's got tiger stripes on his heart. 100%, mate. And um, look, I've got, I've got, I've had a, I'm having an interesting couple of weeks lately, mate, because summer is around the corner, spring is mm-hmm. here, and I'm struggling because I'm 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 thinking about the beach. I want to get my beach bod ready, but I can't. <laughs> I can't because I'm winning all these sandwiches. I just keep winning sandwiches, oh, mate. No. I can't. I cannot lose a sandwich bet, even when yeah. I think I'm giving you one. Even when I think I'm giving you one, and uh, <laughs> mate, incredible golden point, Papua New Guinea. Carbs wins a sandwich bet. It's fantastic. Yeah. And um, you're going to hear from Maddie Church whenever you listen to this. Uh, if you've subscribed, you're going to hear it. It's a fantastic one, as usually. He walks us through how the Vipers pinched it and um, how he tipped every single game. 
you pretty much tipped a perfect round except for the Vipers um, and Tigers and uh, some excellent work from their hooker there to put them through. But I won't ruin it. He's also got a great anecdote at the back. I loved his chat about yeah. almost meeting the Prime Minister on his first day in there. Yeah. Um, but that was great. Look, Tigers are doing unusually well-ish but not getting over the line everywhere because not only did um, those Tigers, lay Tigers, end up coming second, yeah, and, you know, just yeah. pipped at the right end of the season. I couldn't believe it. The, the but rubble, we've got these. The, the, sorry to interrupt, but the rubble Guri has snuck into minor premiership as well, and I don't want to spoil yeah. it for Matty Church, but yeah, those poor no. Tigers. But you're going to say sorry. <laughs> but also, we've got um, over in Samoa, we've got the the Vitali West Tigers that are, that are doing really well. They've just launched into their final series with a win, um, and so hopefully that they they've just beaten the Titans twenty two to twelve. So I'm hoping that they do a good push into the finals. And I also know that my uh, my friends down the South Coast, uh, anyone who listens to any of my crappy podcasts would know that there was a small period of time I lived in Wollongong and um, I followed my beautiful wife down there for work and we moved into an apartment that was right next to a pub that said, this isn't a Dragon's pub, it was in 2020, this is a Tiger's pub. Yeah. And so I insisted that we move into that apartment um, straight away. And so the Helensburg Tigers drove all the way up to Leichhardt Oval on Sunday um, and that played an excellent game, but the ride... I think it's the right Eastwood Hawks. There's a bunch of ride. There's teams, but anyway, I think it's the right Eastwood Hawks. Did a number on them. They were, they were winning pretty much the entire game. They looked stronger the whole time. So the Helensburg Tigers so close. Hopefully my Samoan Tigers are going to get up because I'm starting to get worried about my late Tigers. There's Tigers. <laughs> well, we all know the West Tigers I'm, I'm glad, aren't doing too hot. I'm glad there are Tigers winning. I feel like the West Tigers come ninth <laughs> and all the other Tigers seem to be coming second, but that's okay. And I'm glad you mentioned yeah. the Helensburg Tigers because I don't know if you know this, but their coach, Russ Aiken, uh, messaged me last week and said, why hasn't Big T mentioned us yet? And um, no. he'll be very happy to hear that you did. That's freaking awesome. So shout well, out to the He's going to be devastated. He's going to be devastated to know that I was there. Um, I, I try not to support the Wright Eastwood Tigers, because, so the Wright Eastwood Hawks, because they yeah. are in a, a district that I referee. So I just went there to go and see um, the other games that were there as well. It was great to see a Tigers team player on Leichhardt Oval, but um, they couldn't get the win. But I saw the, the golden point to North Sydney Oval, oh, sorry, North Sydney Bears, because their women's team during women in league round scored an absolute perler on the bell um, to seal the game against the Sharks. And so um, they're going into the grand final, I think, against the Central Coast Roosters. Yeah, oh, I wow. think that's right. Um, next week. And if anyone wants to go to the game, it's on Sunday. You've got to book tickets now for COVID reasons. You've got to get your tickets early. So go and find a um, Harvey, Harvey Norman Women's Premiership Instagram or, or Google it or something like that to get yourself a ticket. Give me an excellent game. Roosters Bears. When was the last time the Roosters, if ever, played the Bears in the grand final? Yeah. Um, I don't that's think exciting ever. prospects. Loving women in league round. Did We're, you see much? The socials are exploding over women in league round. It was pretty cool to see. And, um, it's, so great. It's, it's good to see the round growing and growing, and it's just become more and more mm. important, which is fantastic. But absolutely loved it, mate. And, and where, where is that game being played? Are you going to be there? Oh, I'm not going to be there. I'm assuming I didn't check. I mean, it, it was a picture of the SFS when I was looking at it um, on the socials, but I can't imagine... The SFS is obviously dead, so I'm trying to think we're probably at Bank West, actually, now I think about it. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, Bank West or Leichhardt. Get out there. Actually, can't be at Leichhardt because uh, the Junior League, Birmingham Junior District's playing this Sunday at Leichhardt Oval. That's also exciting for me. But anyway, I might do a golden point about that next week. Sounds good, mate. Speaking of golden points, have you done any yet? <laughs> mate, golden point. Let's go Let's go to Fiji, mate. We're uh, Fiji Origin. I love it. Fiji Origin is here. We're waiting for... A state of origin in the NRL, but the Fiji origins there already. Game one, we had two close matches at ANZ Stadium in Suva 
over the weekend. And in the men, it was the Blues, the East State Blues. They took out the win 10 points to 8 over the Western State Maroons. Go the Blues. But in the women's, it was uh, <laughs> it was all about the Maroons. The Western State Maroons, 12 uh, to 4 over the Eastern State Blues. So really cool. So this is like the best of the best of um, that local Fijian uh, National Rugby League, which we've been which we we've been following along closely this year. So it's great to see. And the footage that you got, where did you get that footage from for your Instagram account? It's probably Asia Pacific Rugby League. They've been doing some great things, and I've been um oh. yeah we've been we've been uh, f- highlighting a little bit of their footage lately because they've they've really come to the party in terms of giving some mm. good content, especially around you know the Samoa Tonga. And uh, Fijian sort of region at the moment, Papua New Guinea as well. So yeah, follow them if you haven't already on the socials as well. If you love a great hit up, you got to watch that game because <laughs> the two hit ups that you see in that fifteen seconds were just like m- mythical. I just couldn't stop watching it. It was beautiful. Well, I, I just want to see more footage from these areas because every now and then yep. we get some big hits. The other good ones, Jamaica Rugby League. They've been showing some of like their biggest hits of the last few years as well. And man, I'm like. Oh bone-shattering stuff, like incredible stuff <laughs> over in, in Jamaica as well. Now, speaking of incredible stuff, Brazil. Yeah. Brazil Rugby League unveiled their men's national team brand. It's the raddest-looking bird you've ever seen holding a football. It's pretty cool. The, the, I is think, this... Yeah. Is this a Matthew... Who's, who's our bloke who does incredible uh, stuff, Matt? It's, no, it's not Matty Haynes. This is actually... Uh, I, don't know, I, f- I don't know the bloke's name off the top of my head, but the graphic designer, he's a Brazilian local lad. Um, so oh, I like good, that then. Yeah, good on them for going local as well. Sorry, Matty Haynes, but you can't do them all, buddy. But um, yeah, they. Were, mm. I, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's the Caracares, uh, which yeah, is, I was leaving you to say it. I knew you wanted me to say it. That's why I did. <laughs> but I think it means the Falcons. So it's the Brazil Falcons. That's the men's uh, the men's team who will uh, be side by side with the Brazilian Amazonias, the women's team, who of course will be in the World Cup next year. So uh, it's good that the the men's side have have a name now. It's really cool. And I think, he, I think the guy who designed it was Liam P underscore design. There you go. Follow them on Instagram as well. Yeah. Good bit of research, mate. Uh, Golden Point. Thanks, mate. Golden Point. Let's go to Wales. So, Big T, I've got to ask you, uh, have you heard of Gavin Henson? Well, because I'm a close follower of your social medias, <laughs> I am. <laughs> That's the only reason I know him as well. I've got to admit, and to, like our, um, our English fans or our UK-based fans would think mm. we're crazy, but down here in Oz, not many of us have really heard of who this guy is. So we did some research, obviously, and uh, we found out in the last couple of days that he's played 32 matches for Wales in, in Union, that is. He's a fly half, and he retired last year. So he's 38 years old and married to singer-actress at- Charlotte Church. And I don't know who that is either, sorry to say. Do you, I don't, do you know who Charlotte Church is, big guy? I, I don't, Okay. Man. So anyway, the, the moral to the story is that he has signed... With the West uh, West Wales Raiders, uh, which is a League One side, the Welsh one of the Welsh League One sides, which you know seems like a good signing because he's a he's a capped rugby union player, so it must you know might be a good thing. But again, I don't know much about him. Don't haven't heard much about him. So I sort of put it out to our followers on social media from Wales or from the UK as well to tell us what what their thoughts are. And Rob Ashton of Brentford Tigers fame. Yay! So he, he reached out via the DMs. So, guys, if you haven't heard it, listen to episode 81, Talkback Radio Show, my favourite Chasing Kangaroos podcast ever. But but Rob a- and his mate made a cameo right at the end, and, and it was a great <laughs> chat. He didn't actually have a uh, uh, question planned, but it was ended up being a great part of the convo. <laughs> but so he said, look, Mick, I'm going to give you, he goes, I'm going to give you, Cubs, our, our thoughts on... Um, 
on Gavin Hansen for all you Aussie fans who have no fucking clue who this guy is. So he said, he said, look, it's interesting to see how many people over there haven't heard of him because he's a household star over here. Um, no. He said again, because this is, you know, Union has got its international scene down. So they have the Six Nations over there, of course, which is huge uh, over there anyway. And people who don't watch rugby, they still pack into pubs to watch the Six Nations because it's such a cultural right. thing over there. So they, you know, emotionally attached through birth or heritage or whatever they choose. So Henson yeah. was a bit of, he, he said, so Rob said Henson was a bit of a machine. So good looking guy, chicks loved him, talented rugby player who married a high profile singer at the time. So the lads wanted to mm. be like him as well. And he was also a bit of a love to hate kind of guy as well, according to Rob. So it uh, seems like he was, would have been like quite well known over there, obviously. Um, and he did a few celebrity shows like Dancing on Ice or one of those things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Rob said that in his opinion, he would have suited rugby league perfectly in his prime. And I keep hearing stories since I found out about this bloke that he, you know, eight, seven, eight years ago, he probably wanted to switch to league, but the money wasn't there or clubs weren't willing to take a punt mm. on him. Um, so it would have been interesting. And um, so he said, look, Rob said, he goes on to say, this signing, let's be honest, he's not playing Super League. So even at 38... He should be fine. Um, he's not going to set the world on fire, but he doesn't need to. Okay, he's having a final hurrah. West Wales have a coop signing, and most of all, it's generated some interest, which is what the sport yeah. needs. So if it inspires some Welsh kids to play some league or gets a couple of old boys to watch it and he enjoys himself while having, having a crack, then it's all good with this signing, in Rob's opinion. And I've got to say, I can't, can't argue with that, mate. No. What about um, somebody else... I can't remember a name because you you know I never remember people's <laughs> names. Terrible. But the but the lady who um who who plays Australian sevens we just had a whole bunch of sevens players also get signed into the WNRL. Did I read that right? Yeah, you did read that right. You're talking about uh, is it Charlotte Kaslik? She was a set rugby union sevens yes. Olympic gold medalist. She's um yes. I think she signed with the Roosters in the NRLW. Yeah, of course she did. Yeah. That's exactly what she did. I got room under all of their salary caps. It's, it's incredible. Charlotte Caslick. That's exactly who it is. But good to see. I don't look. I don't mind. Say what you want about the whole union league thing. I'm happy for them to have a crack over over in our sport. I don't mind at all. And good luck to them. I saw some. I saw some people complaining that um we shouldn't be stealing not union players because there are a whole bunch of league girls who have been playing it longer. And look, although that's a that's a very admirable perspective. I don't think anybody wants, like, a handout. I don't think anyone playing rugby league or any sport wants to be there just because they were there longer. I think everyone loves the competition, the fight, and they want to be the best person in that squad, not just because they've been part of the team longer, but because they're the best person for that job. And so anyone playing rugby league, uh, men or women, would love the idea that, that their sport is so attractive and the best brand of football to play that there are people from all codes trying to get into it. And so... When someone as amazing as uh, our mate Batelli, uh, Vete Welsh, you know, ends up playing incredibly, she's playing it against the best footballers in the world, whether they've played rugby union, AFL, or rugby league. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm a, cra- a big look, fan of it. The thing is, there's never be, uh, there's hardly ever been a union player that's come over and just went straight to the top. You know, they've got to work their way up, or they've got to prove themselves. And look, if they can do it. Why not? It doesn't bother me at all. Speaking of the women's game, let's let's stick there with uh, Golden Point Oceana. So we mentioned it on episode eighty three, but it's now official. So the new, the the Oceana Cup in the men's is is cancelled for for two thousand and twenty, unfortunately, mm. for COVID reasons. 
but we're still going to get a women's game. So the New Zealand uh, Kiwi Ferns are set to take on the Fetu Samoa side. It's going to be the only Oceania International this year, and it's going to be on Saturday, 7th November at Mount Smart Stadium, uh, officially confirmed by our friends at Asia Pacific Rugby League. So if you're in Auckland, Saturday, 7th November, get your International Rugby League fix and go check out the uh, Kiwi Ferns versus Fetu Samoa. Should be a cracker. And, of course, if you are an Australian looking to try and go and support either of those two teams, you should go to <laughs> mascotbrowns, mascotbrowns.com.au to get some gear before you head over there because you can go in your Australian gear, but obviously everyone's a little bit Daifatonga or, or uh, sorry, yeah, Daifatonga or they're a big fan of Samoa. So get around um, some of that merch before you head over there. One of those great, well, they're great store. Yeah, of course, for 10% off all of you ch- kangaroo chasers out there exclusively, Use the discount code 2020vision at mascotbrowns.com, mascotbrowns.com.au. I'm in awe of you, mate. You just keep getting better. You, you nearly you could have slipped it in two or three times, the Mascot Browns plug. So well <laughs> done, mate. Getting even better. Golden Point, let's go to Canada, uh, where the Ottawa Sun, so they've, it's getting into mainstream media here. Ottawa, Ottawa Sun have reported that the COVID-19 pandemic is getting in the way of the Ottawa Aces holding their combine and their ability to sign Canadian players. So... Um, we're sort of worried about what's going on over there, or we're not worried, just concerned about what their plan B might be. Uh, Eric Perez said he's hoping that tryouts can still happen in the next four weeks. Um, uh, apparently 200 people have applied for these tryouts, and 60 to 70 of those, this is reportedly, according to the Ottawa Sun, 60 to 70 of those have played elite sport before. So um, we're talking mm. like um, Canadian football and stuff like that. So there's some Canadian football league experience here as well. So be interesting to see who some of those names are. Uh, Eric Perez was quoted saying, no matter what happens, we'll be signing some Canadians this year. Said hopefully some local talent. If we can't pull off the actual tryout, we'll move it to April or May next year, but we'd still sign some of the top guys, maybe five or six who have applied and bring them over to England to train with the squad. So it's good to know that no matter what happens with this combine, it's going to be a little bit of Canadian talent in that Ottawa side. And at League One level, it's really the best time to try and bring them through and see what they've got. Now, that's the best golden point segue into this chat because Justin talks a lot about how his geographical spot up there in Vermont is actually linked better with playing a lot of football against the Canadian Rugby League. And so Canada Rugby League... Pretty much on the border, aren't they? Yeah. And so they have a... That's a really great geo spot for them. And, And a strong Rugby League in Canada will equal a strong Vermont and a strong... Uh, North America. So, so ge- it's an excellent chat. Geographically, it's easier to get from Vermont to Ottawa, perhaps, than to get to, you know, other parts of New England like Boston to go play the Boston 13s, I think. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Do you guys touch on that on the, in the conversation? Yes, sir, because I did not know where he was. Uh, <laughs> and so I wanted to make sure. I knew where he physically was because he incredibly um, was on vacation with his family in I think Disneyland or, or Disney World, um, whichever one's in Florida, and and took time out from being on roller coasters and, and being on the happiest place on earth to, to talk to us I love for it. 30, 40 minutes about rugby league. Isn't that incredible? I just couldn't get over it. Why so would, I think I brought that up seven or eight times. Why, I just, why wouldn't you stop to chat to Big T? I reckon that's fantastic. <laughs> well, let's, let's power through. Have you got any golden points left? Well, no, I just wanted to reiterate. He talks about it during this um, chat, but I love it so much, and he talked about it recently on his socials. He says he wakes up every day and says, what am I going to do for rugby league? And I love that mantra so much that uh, 
that I'm now living by that. So I think they tweet, are you going to hear it in there? I think they tweeted, yeah, they tweeted that the it. other day, like, what have you done for rugby mm. league today? Maybe that's what we should call fantastic. this episode. That's fantastic. Mate, uh, <laughs> well, let me let me smash out some last golden points around the world. But of course, oh, if, sorry, you, go for it. if you miss out, if you if there's some things we missed out on, don't worry, go check us out on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter because we usually post more and more golden points there. We just can't fit them all here because we want to get back get to our interviews. But I do want to talk about Golden Point Albania where teenager Elliot Paposhi, whose father... RBN played for Albania against the Great Britain student, Great Britain student pioneers in Tirana last year. So um, Elliot has signed a professional contract for St Helens. Uh, Sixteen years Isn't old. That great. Yeah, it's pretty cool. He's in the academy. Sixteen years old. Now it's important to say he's English born. His mother's English. His dad's Albanian. But the young guy does want to play for Albania one day, according to the Everything Rugby League article, uh, which is on our Facebook page as well. And uh, I think it's fantastic. I spoke to Arnaldo Tello. Uh, who is the captain of the Tirana club who are playing in the Greek um, competition this year. He's got huge raps on this kid. He reckons he's the best, like, Albanian, like, heritage or, or any any Albanian prospect ever. So he thinks he's going to be a good player. So can't wait to see him rise up the rank, ranks at the Saints, hopefully. Yeah, that sounds excellent. Albania on the rise. Huge. Uh, Golden Point, Serbia. Uh, so Red Star continue their winning ways in round two of the Serbian league. Uh, huge shellacking. Uh, 60 to 18 <laughs> over Rednik, Redniki Nish. Um, and the curtain raiser, the, the main reason I wanted to mention this, because I'm not going to mention Red Star winning by 100 points every week, but I did want to mention the curtain raiser was a junior tournament um, between Red Star, Partisan, and Dorkuti Grove, your club. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just great to see the junior games happening every single week over in Serbia. Like, there's a, I, I think these young kids are really going to come through. It's one country where we always talk about with these emerging nations, like, how good would it be to, if some of these guys played rugby league from a young age? Well, we're starting to see that in Serbia. And in a decade to come, we're going to have like kids coming through their main league and hopefully through the professional leagues who, um, who've been playing their whole life, basically. So it's going to be really cool. I'm super excited. But I can never think about shellacking without thinking about the Castleford Tigers. <laughs> um, and so I just, I just wanted to give them a quick shout because... Because hearing somebody else say shellacking has always made me smile, and every time, I didn't think I don't think I ever realised it was such a carbs thing until it was said to us. And so uh, you know what? I can't wait to see the I, Castlewood Tigers shellack somebody one day. I said it a few times, and now and people kept saying, "Oh, carbs!" You say shellacking all the time. So now that that's it. And look, it can't look. The Castlewood Tigers are the only Tigers club around the world that you hadn't mentioned on this episode. So it's probably a good thing that you got <laughs> that you got to do that, mate. Um, I know that's not true. So if you are part of a Tigers team in the world, please get at me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook and say, Big T, you, you haven't brought up this Tiger team yet, and tell me your Tiger team, and I'll, I'll bring it up next week. I've got an idea please. for your next podcast, because you don't oh. you don't host enough podcasts. It should be like a Tigers <laughs> around the world of rugby league, yeah. and you just talk about Holy Tigers crap. teams. That's incredible. <laughs> Each episode is a different team around the world. Uh, this is actually a great idea. Mate. I can feel my wife's energy somewhere in the world rolling her... Big, beautiful eyes going, not another podcast, but she'll get on board eventually. She will love it. She will love it. But, mate, uh, final <laughs> golden point. We've got to mention it before we go to the interview. And, again, like there's so many we could have mentioned tonight, but check us out on the socials. But um, we, we have to mention the Griffin Cup. So next Saturday night, or next Saturday, it'll be the Netherlands versus Germany, Saturday 26th of September. Um, it's we never good. got the call up. No, I don't think we're going to be able to do it. I don't. Uh, we we yeah. spoke about potentially... Um, potentially calling this game, it's not going to be able. We just logistically it couldn't happen. Uh, yeah. But it will be on. It will be on the Netherlands Rugby League YouTube channel. 
Um, look out for the links in your local times. We'll try and post whatever we can on our social media as well. But um, look, we won't be calling it, but we'll definitely be watching it. And, uh, you know, Chasing Kangaroos listeners, we are sponsors of the Netherlands Rugby League team. So sorry, Germany. Good luck. But uh, we'll be back in but, We'll be back in Netherlands. Yeah, no, fair enough. And there's no sandwich bet on that one because we both got Netherlands. Well, we can both enjoy a sandwich. And uh, I'll tell you what, sa- sandwich... <laughs> The sandwich industry in Australia just just loving us at the moment because they are definitely during these tough times. The sandwich in, in, industry is uh, just on the up. So yeah, yeah. Go, go you kangaroo chasers. Putting our kids through college, <laughs> mate. Fantastic. Well, that's all I've got, mate, for golden points and and big T. It's been a couple of weeks since we've heard a big T interview, so I'm really looking forward to hearing your chat, with Justin Tucker uh, from the Queen City Royals. Is there anything you want to say before we uh, we jump across to that? No, just you're going to love this bloke's passion. Can't wait. Fuck yeah, nobody. I'll see you next week and over to Big T. Thanks, Carb. Sitting patiently on the phone today with me is the president of the Queen City Royals. It's Justin. Welcome to Chasing Kangaroos, sir. Thank you. Glad to be on. Glad to have the opportunity to talk to you. And you are, um, it's currently freezing, I mean, as, as cold as Australia can get. It's that cold um, here in Sydney, but you are... At the moment, there's like sounds of people running around having fun on the beach or poolside. <laughs> where, where are you currently? Yeah, so I'm in the in the back of one of the amusement rides here, trying to find the quietest spot I can get. Universal uh, <laughs> Studios down here on vacation. Unbelievable! And your commitment to rugby league, sir, knows no bounds. On vacation in beautiful Florida, and you're still on the phone with us. Love it. Thank you so much. No problem. Now, speaking of uh, love for rugby league, how did you originally get into the sport? Yeah, I started kind of, I guess, the long way around. Uh, I started with Union. Uh, I came out of junior college. I played football in junior college and, you know, quickly decided I'm, there's no way I'm going to make it to the next level in football. So I need to find something else to do. I kind of stumbled onto Rugby Union and uh, I never really enjoyed it all that much. Uh, I played quite a bit, but didn't really enjoy it. I, I joined the military shortly after that and uh, kind of made the rounds. And it wasn't until I got to Jacksonville, Florida, where I Kind of stumbled across the uh, Jacksonville Axemen, who were in, in the American National League at the time, and uh, my wife had bought me uh, season tickets and kind of went from there. I, I just fell in love with the game. It was such an easy crossover to, to understand the game uh, coming from football into that. And you know, I hung around there for a while. I got a chance to talk to uh, Spinner Howland a couple of times about the team. Heard him on the radio a few times, uh, and then I went on deployment and kind of tucked it in the back of my mind. And you know, as it happens. Start, start a family, uh, start raising kids and all that and, and never really think about it. But it wasn't until uh, I finally got the chance to play on deployment um, with a bunch of uh, Brits from up north uh, down in uh, Andrus Island, which is where the Navy does all of its uh, anti-submarine warfare. Wow. So I got a chance to, to really pick it up down there. And that's where I, I kind of fell in love with it. I said, when I get back uh, to the U.S., um, I'm going to really put some time into it and figure it out. So I did that. I came back. Yeah, had yeah, had uh, had a couple of chances to make friends with some guys that went on to play for the Hawks, uh, the Tomahawks at the time. And uh, again, just continued to uh, have more more kids and, and get older, and the game kind of <laughs> passed me by. <laughs> yeah, once the game kind of passed me by, I was like, uh, you know, I got to find something to do. And I was looking to get into rugby league to do something. And, and uh, a friend of mine um, who had went on to become a coach in arena football. I uh, kind of jumped in at the time and said, hey, I remember all of our times coming up uh, in, in the Midwest playing football together. Hey, you know, why don't you come and help us out uh, in the arena football area, um, territory? So 
I did. I came through and, and managed some of the business end of, of what they were doing with the barnstormers at the time in Oklahoma. And then, um, you know, fast forward, uh, I moved to Vermont and um, got in with the Vermont Bucks. This will be their fourth year up here. Uh, but I said, you know, it's really has never gotten to where I wanted to be. I always wanted to be in rugby league, be involved with it. It was always kind of in the back of my mind. And I said, you know, if I'm going to do something, why don't I just kind of start my own? There's nothing going on up here. Um, <laughs> Burlington is a wild area. So even even northern Vermont, you know, there's a ton of rugby union up here. But you know, you get the same look that they're in the headlight book anytime you say rugby league. Mm. So he said, you know, I guess I'm just going to have to take it on myself and uh, take the challenge. And so that's what I've been doing ever since. That's phenomenal. There's so many elements to that story that are so fantastically American as well. That you're on deployment. That's a very American thing to do. You're doing something incredible, like. <laughs> like anti-submarine stuff and you're out here still falling in love with rugby league while you're doing something so dangerous and so amazing. I love that. But can you just clarify for me? Hold on. You, you, you don't know much about football, but your wife just buys your season tickets to the sport just because. Yeah, I, it was one of those things. She had gone to, um, she was in nursing school at the time at UNF where, where they actually played. And uh, she said, hey, they got these uh, tickets on sale. She bought them for me. She said, I think you'd enjoy this. It's, you know, you love football. This is a, a pretty close crossover. Um, a friend of hers at the time, um, Apple Pope, who, had, who was, went on to play for the U.S. national team for the Tomahawks, uh, was in, in nursing school with her and um, wow. kind of turned, turned her on to it. And then she brought the tickets, and that's how we got started. And so now anytime she's like, you know, you're spending a lot of time doing this Queen City Royals thing, you go, yeah, well, you shouldn't have bought <laughs> me your season tickets. <laughs> you knew what you were getting into. Uh, okay, and do your kids play like it? That, like, is that you? You spent a long time now trying to get away from union and, and then had your time in football, and so you focus on rugby league. Do, are your kids also now starting to get involved with it? Because it's often sport is often a what your parents like, you like kind of vibe. Is that what's happening with your family? Uh, funny enough, they wanted nothing to do with it. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't until I really started to to get to the point where we were putting something together that because mm-hmm. um, I have four daughters, so I said, you know, let's let's also look at building something for for women and for girls and and that's kind of where i felt we got the warmest reception uh it, sometimes it feels like rugby union clubs you can either be your best friend or your worst enemy and and uh, you know we really got a warm reception uh, talking to the women's club in burlington you know about the fact of coming over and, and so you know it's a really exciting time right now for women's you know they've got to they're putting the national together here in the states, uh, it's been being run by a, a good group, a good core group. And I, I think um, you know we're going to see some pretty good things, especially when we get a shot to to be able to play in, uh, for the World Cup. Mm, yeah. Okay. Um, now speaking nationally, there, what do you ha- do? You follow rugby league um, in in the major uh, leagues, like in Super League or the NRL? Uh, yeah, I do Super League, and I'm, and I'm just going to say it because I know a lot of people are going to hate it, but I'm a Warrington fan. Okay. Okay. And how did you how did you find them? It was you know, it was one of those things. They they were kind of early adopters into social media. Okay. And uh, when I was getting into it, you know, in the in the states, you get up at two o'clock or three o'clock in the morning to try watch a game to catch it here, or, or you watch uh, a game from twelve years ago or however it works out. But it just happened to be one of those that they when uh, Facebook Live came out, they started putting some of their games up, and they've done a really good job recently of putting some of their best of up there, and, and that's kind of. Where I got to see it, it was, uh, you know, they kind of met me where I was at, which was on social media. And yep. I didn't have to chase them down. So I became a fan just through that. 
Smart. It makes sense. Okay, now let's let's fast forward to where we are now. So, t- talk us through. You're the president of uh, of the Queen City Royals. What does that role entail for you at the moment? Yeah. So the biggest part is just really thinking about uh, the club 365 days out of the year, right? Mm. Uh, anybody can can grab a group of guys and say, "All right, come on, let's go out onto the field uh, and, and let's knock the ball around." Anybody can do that, um, and and you can make people pay dues. And two or three years down the road, uh, you're still better off than where you were because you just don't have the money to continue to travel. And especially for a club like where we're at, way up north, right on the border uh, in Burlington, Vermont, it's just thinking about traveling to travel all the way down to Virginia to play, or even. You know, God forbid we got to go all the way to Jacksonville to play. That That is a monumental task. So we know we're always going to be the little club uh, and we're going to have to travel. So, you know, just thinking about the game, uh, thinking about what we're going to do, making the best relationships that we can uh, so that we can get the best of Vermont uh, to the rest of the nation when we travel. And, and I think that we're already doing that. You know, we've got a we've got a woman that uh, plays on the sevens team uh, for the national club. Um she does a tremendous job. She's from right here. Her dad actually plays on the Jesus team uh, in Burlington. Uh, so it's it's growing. I think we've got the athletes there. We've got the um, the interest in the game. Uh, you know, the code may still be decided, but we've got it there. But it really comes down to where are we going to be at um, when we start talking about the business of the club or, mm. or business of the game, it, which is something I think that we've you know, just coming from seeing the rise and fall of a bunch of teams uh, through arena football. Um, if we don't focus on the business, um, it's going to be a really tough task to continue year after year to get people to come out um, and and grow it, right? Grow it as a brand, grow it as a game uh, in our area. Because I think that's what we really got to do just to kind of rip a page out of Jacksonville's book uh, for us to continue to travel every single year you know, nine plus hours to get to a game is kind of unrealistic. Yeah. So we really got to focus on let's grow the game in, in New England, right? Um, I've reached out recently to uh, the Canadian uh, Rugby League Association to talk kind of about, all right, we've got uh, Ottawa coming on board now. They're going to have a professional club. What's really going on in Quebec? And uh, it seems like this board meeting that they've got coming up, uh, it's, it's on the it's on the to-do list. They're going to talk about, you know, what they want to do and, we're kind of shocked that we reached out to them. They didn't know that there was anybody without relative driving reason, uh, reasonable driving in the area. So uh, I think that's got a little bit more interesting. Okay. And so there's a couple of things I want to, I want to touch on there. First of all, Gaze's team. Is that like an old, yeah, old so, person? <laughs> yeah. So that's the 50, uh, 50 and up. Uh, I feel like even though I haven't quite hit that yet, that's where I need to be playing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay. It, it's good. Yeah, so we've got uh, uh, right in the area. We've got uh, three Division One colleges uh, right in the area. They all have clubs. So we've got St. Michael's, uh, Champlain College, uh, and University of Vermont, Rawl, right there. They all have their club. Then you have the, the Burlington team, um, men, men and women's, and then you have the the Jesus team over the top of that. So there's plenty of union, uh, just just not a lot of uh, mm, okay, okay. So you've done a pretty good job of explaining where you are geographically, but there are heaps of people who listen to this all over the world who, who might not know America's geography too well. So you said that you're near the border and you're in New England. So so from my small amount of knowledge through, I mean, my, all of my geography knowledge comes from the times that I've traveled there and sports teams. So I'm assuming you must be near, obviously, the Patriots and the Boston Celtics vibe. How, well, like, where are you? Can you please explain it better to people? Yeah, sure. <laughs> 
two hours south of Montreal. So oh. come out of Burlington, you can be at the border probably 45 minutes and then into Montreal, uh, you know, another 45 uh, to, so you can be right there in Old City uh, pretty quickly for Montreal. And then Ottawa is only, you know, another hour and a half north of that. And you may have cut out. So how far, are you closer to those cities in Boston? Uh, so we are closer to, to Montreal than we are to Boston. For wow. Sure, yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 Great. Which is in an interesting area because, you know, in the beginning we had really looked exclusively at the USARL. Um, but we're also kind of, as, our, as we develop, we're, we're, we're trying to keep our option open mm. and, and think about, you know, maybe it's, it's more feasible for us to go north if something kicks off up there than it is for us to go south year after year. Um, it's just thinking about our progression. You know, we're probably looking at next year will be our first competition year, but we, we're, realistically, we're probably going to be a nines club uh, at that time. And, uh. you know, really, really trying to develop something there um, before we, you know, crawl before you walk, right? Um, get somebody, get enough people armed that we can do nines, counting the side that we have and the reserve and going through an entire season of injuries, right? We count that many people. If we can do that successfully, we should make 13s, no problem. Mm, okay, so so currently you're trying to get... So so now what are you doing? Do you do you play many games in, in comps or do you go to tournaments or things like that? Was it all... Did you get much done before pre-COVID or like pre <sighs> No, so we, we had had a pretty good schedule mm-hmm. uh, plan. And then when COVID hit, it, it really just squashed all of the plans that we had. Right. So this was really going to be our developmental year. We had reached out to Boston and to White Plains and uh, both teams there to kind of have some developmental camps with them come down and, and uh, maybe bring a team from Canada down or something like that and, and um, you know, get, get some competition between that and then, you know, they carry on through their season and we just continue to work the way we normally would. That's, that was the thought so that the following season we'd be ready to go. And, um, you know, COVID ruined a lot of plans for a lot of people, right? Yeah. So, you know, realistically, it's probably set our plans back. I hope not, but it's probably set our plans back a, a year mm. from where we want to be. But uh, it is what it is. It, the, the whole goal is to, you know, look 50 years out. And if we want to still be a club 50 years out, we need to act like uh, the club would be 50 years from now, right? <laughs> Thinking about all the things that need to be in place. So, um Given ourselves the time, you know, just looking at, I don't know if you, you followed the XFL and kind of what happened to them. Mm. Uh, Oliver Luck came along uh, in the second incarnation of the XFL and uh, he did a lot of great things and they were going in the right direction, doing all the right things, right? And then COVID hit and really ruined everything for them. But mm. I think what they were doing is getting the organization in place, uh, getting the, the business model, getting the all of those things in place before we really roll out the first competition, um, you know, I think all of those, those things are the right thing to do if you want to be around 10 or 15 years from now. Right. Um, so uh, I think we're headed in that direction. We've got some, some uh, players who've come over from union clubs to play. Um, it's been pretty easy. We're starting to see uh, some football players now that uh, a lot of the Division one uh, football teams in the area, a lot of them are club teams, so they don't get, they're not on a scholarship. They actually have to pay dues to play. Ah. So we're starting to see some of those uh, players come over uh, because they're smaller colleges and private colleges. And does that, so they don't have anything to do. Yeah. And does that, is that the game? Is that the aim there? Like, is it really to try and take people who don't make it in football or can't keep up with football 
paying for it or whatever, or, or rugby union people who don't really like rugby union, they don't like realize leagues there. Is that is that really the aim to try and are we trying to take those people? Is that your goal? Is that, is that the people you target? I've been saying for a while, I think the best plan of action for any small club that's going to go forward and be successful, let's go and find athletes, athletes that want to come over, right? Instead of trying to turn people that we have into athletes, let's go find the athletes that are interested and wanting to come play the game. And, and I think we've, we've found some of those. Some of, uh, some of them, you know, they'll come. I'm sure you've experienced it many, many times. They'll come over, they'll show a little bit of interest, and they'll be gone, right? Right. Um, you're going to get that no matter what. The, the big thing about that is do you get something out of that, right? Do they come and show up or they just want to show up on Saturday when it's time to play? And, uh, you know, if we're going to do this for the, for the long haul, we've got to have commitment from players. And, you know, you can't have guys just come in and not put in the work uh, throughout the week and, and expect to play. You know, you've, you've got to have it as an organization and say, look, if you're, if you're interested, that's fine. Uh, but if we're, we're really looking for is people that are committed. I think we can do a lot of good with both, um, but we'll do the most good with people that are 100% committed. And what about the government there? Is there much help with like funding for small community ventures like this? Or Yeah, so it, Vermont is one of the – it's an interesting place, right? Uh, we're, we're like the second least populated state in the United States. There wow. used to be more cows than people. <laughs> yeah, you see more people, right? Yeah. So they've had this um, this incentive program for anybody that worked remotely to move to Vermont. I think they gave them like fifteen thousand dollars for the first year when they if they moved to Vermont and worked remotely. Uh, so we had a, a pretty good influx uh, of people. So this year will be the first time that uh, the Burlington metro area will go over two hundred thousand people. Wow. Uh, so yeah, it'll be uh, it's it's good. We have a lot of good things going on. Um, but we've got a lot of interesting things going on, right? Uh, Vermont and football, uh, or football is kind of on the decline in Vermont. About 47%, I think, was the number that I saw just recently of 14-year-olds uh, um, who are no longer interested in playing uh, football. So 47%, just imagine losing that to your yeah. bottom line, right? So, you know, they've got to go somewhere uh, or they go on the couch, right? Um, uh, lacrosse has be- become a big sport up here. Um, which is good. It's a continual action sport, right? It's it's good to be able to see the see the people out there, the athletes out there, moving around and, and uh, doing it on a continual clock. But we've also got, you know, there's plenty of uh, high schools in, in the southern part of Vermont that uh, are too small to even have a football team. So you know, there are there are kids out there that want to play a contact sport, but they just don't have the chance because there's you know 14 or 15. Uh, guys interested and that's just not enough for mm. so how do you get them how do you get those kids how do you get high school kids or, or people like that interested in rugby league there well so one of the things that we did when uh, when i worked with the bucks was uh we went into eight-man football so i don't know how familiar you are there's 11 and then in very uh, rural areas of our of the country like texas oklahoma uh they have eight-man football um so we really wanted to get in front of the kids um that didn't have the chance to say, let's, let's get something for eight-man football together. The Principals Association was all about it, and it really came down to money. Uh, we'd, we'd love to have a league. We'd love to continue to have these kids play, but we need money. And so we really had to go back to the drawing board. And I think for us, um, to be able to capitalize on that, we have a much lower barrier to entry, right? Because we don't have all of the equipment that you need to play. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Put some, put some cleats on, uh, throw a shirt on, you're ready to go, right? Um, 
So I think the barrier to entry is much lower. The other, the other part of that is we really have to cut the state in half because big parts of our state, um, there's just not a whole lot of people there, like I said. So focusing on the big metro area, uh, Mount Pillier, which is the capital, and then uh, Burlington, those are the, the big areas, and uh, just focusing on there. So really getting in. I know most of the the um, high school football coaches through uh, being uh, part of the Vermont Bucks, and uh, so just getting in front of them and, and talking to them about, hey, listen, if you're not able to go on to, to the next level uh, or, you know, you're in between seasons or, or whatever it is, if you just want to come out and check it out mm. and uh, get shaped for, for football, come out and just continuing to grow the interest there. You're building the grassroots part of it. Now, can you also, looking bigger picture at American Rugby League generally or Rugby League in America, what are your, some of the best developments you've seen happen there um, recently? Uh, <laughs> I, I like what I see what's going on with the USA women's team. Yeah. Um, it, it seems like there's a lot of interest that is jumping on board. A lot of players are coming over from uh, other code uh, from, from you for sevens or, or, or uh, 15s. I, I like what I see there. Um, it, it is a little concerning though. I don't know if you saw the recent article about uh, England was going to defund some of their, their uh, clubs. And, and some of that was the women's game. Mm. Uh, I, I, don't, I, I just read that article yesterday. So why I bring that up is that, you know, if you look at uh, the NFL, um, it's 70% of, of women in the, in the United States call themselves a fan of the NFL. And, you know, that's a tremendous amount of, of women that loved watching a contact sport, but yeah. have a very few chance to actually play a contact yeah. sport. So I'm really interested to see what happens there. And, and I think that they're, um, a tremendous amount of athletes that uh, just don't have another sport to go on and play. So I, I like what I see there. I, I also like that we have some areas of the country that, that seem to be popping up and, you know, Texas, California, uh, Cleveland. I, I just keep, continue to read good things about what's going on in Cleveland. Uh, Chicago is still out there. So it would be interested. And I think I've reached out to a few people, um, <laughs> lack of a better term, we call them the developing clubs, right? Yep. Uh, about potentially having um, maybe a nice tournament somewhere right. between all the development and clubs and uh, you know, just to have a chance and attainable goal out there that we can go and play and compete. And yeah, the idea is to get 13s going at the, at the end of the day, but you know, it, it does a lot for, uh, for morale. If you continue to have a thing, something out there on the calendar that's circled so you can go out and play. I think that's a, a, a good thing to have all the time. And so it's great that we're shifting into future plans because that's what I wanted to focus on next. So, so you're saying there that nines the, is, is probably the best thing at the moment for a lot of developing American clubs and also the women's side of the game is, is the second thing that's kind of a big, a big focus for you guys. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's an interesting take on it, right? Nines, because it's, because it's a festival-type atmosphere, yeah. because it's not a game that's very well-known in the United States, I think the reason why Sevens is having so much success is because of the same model, right? It's a festival-type atmosphere. You can have uh, bands play there. You know, it's it's for us to bring people in to get the casual observer to get the you know to mix in with the hardcores. I think we've got to get people to come in and take a look. And I think uh, having as much action packed into a weekend or uh, into one day that you can is going to be the best. And I think we've got to make it a little more than just the game on the field so that we get more and more people yep. to come out. I, I've taken my kids to the games before and they're just like, dad, why are we here? Yeah. Right? So, you know, it's just nothing else going on. And, and uh, 
you know, it's great. I, I love the hardcores and it'll always be uh, room there for, for them. But I think to get the casual person in so that other people will pay attention, you know, once once this the Twitter universe and all that starts kicking up about, hey, what's this what's this Nines Festival of Tournament mm. or whatever it's going on, I think uh, we'll see more traction there. Now, Toronto is also on that side of Canada, right on your side over there. Yeah, it's about Toronto. I've, I've spoken to... Uh, the Ontario League briefly a couple of times, and they are about seven hours from us. I think Hamilton driving. seven, and I think Toronto, yeah, driving, yeah. and I think Toronto is another probably half hour to 45 minutes. Because they have a bit, I only thought about it because they have a big, um, they also do the same thing you were talking about there. They have a big day experience. It's not just to come and watch a football game. It's it's come and experience your time with the, the Wolfpack and be part of the Wolfpack. That kind yeah. of American corner is that the that Canadian American corner you kind of talked about before? Is that that that's kind of a pocket area where you must be trying to then maybe do those nine festivals? Yeah, I think if you if you want to figure out who's doing everything right when it comes to developing grassroots and and what the the future of, of rugby league is going to look like, I think you got to look at Canada. I think they're doing a tremendous amount of work. I, I think they're getting almost everything right in, in what they're doing. Um, you know, I would, I would only question just because I don't know, you know, where they at with the finances yeah. um, so that they don't in like USA rugby. But uh, I, you know, I think they're getting a tremendous amount of things right. And I think, you know, the Wolfpack was the first step. Whatever happens to them, uh, they're probably the most important club in North America. Mm. Um, success or, or whatever happens to them, right? Because of what they did, they got a tremendous amount of eyeballs around the world on them and said everybody started saying oh well what's this going on in north america mm. and uh and you know there's a tremendous amount of talent here um it, even if you you boil it just down to vermont right the amount of uh players that went on from that were born and raised in vermont they went on to play in the national hockey league went on to the hall of fame right john leclerc uh, played in the high school right across the street from where my office is. Wow. Um, Martin, Martin St. Louis played at UVM. You know, there's a ton of people that have come through there. Winter sports is a tremendous area for all of these uh, international athletes to come down and play. So I just think that, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the area. If you just you know, drew a big circle, and included Boston, Toronto, um, Ottawa, you know, there's a, some empty spots in between there, but I think there's a lot that can be done. Um, if we do things the right way and, and get people in, in, energized and what's going on with the game and, and uh, make it a little bit more than, than what's just going on the pitch. And so what are the roadblocks to that then? Because that sounds like an excellent plan that you, you seem quite set on and it sounds fantastic. So what stops that from, from happening other than a pandemic? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so one of the big things is, is really getting people to kind of buy off on what you're doing, right? We have, you know, we have a big university here, University of Vermont. Um, it draws a tremendous amount of people from the from the uh, around the, the the nation come in and go to school here. We get international students here. It's just getting people to buy off on the game, right? They don't really know what it is. Rugby, something. I don't know what that is. Yeah, yeah. You know, got to explain it to me. So uh, what I've really learned is, especially with arena football, you've got to get in front of people a lot of times before they're even going to be entertaining what you're saying. Mm. So. You know, just to be able to call up um, UVM and say, hey, we'd like to come over and, and uh, have a tournament out there. And, and you know, you're going to get hung up on pretty quickly. So to get out there and, and uh, shake hands and, and talk to the people there, there's quite a few uh, gatekeepers in the area. Now, the, the unions clubs have, you know, kicked a lot of those gates down for us. But, 
know, we, we, it, it's a love hate relationship, right? It, they love us as long as we're not taking players. And, yeah. You know, uh, I just think that, listen, you can play both. Uh, just because I only like one doesn't mean that the guys that are coming across uh, are only going to like one code. Um, and if not, you know, even if they're not into what we're doing, at least they'll be in shape for the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so what, before I forget though, because the, um, the name is so fantastic. You keep talking about trying to get it in front of people and, um, and, you know, get them to remember, well, the, the name is going to be a great thing to do that. How did that name come about? Yeah. Branding is one of the most important things I think you can do. Uh, I love some of the names that are out there. Uh, I love some of the bands I was in in college, right? Uh, Stomach Monkeys was my favorite band that I was ever in. But it's not exactly a household name, right? I don't imagine my grandmother is going to be wearing a Stomach Monkeys t-shirt. So uh, I really said, all right, let's 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 think about what we're doing. And, you know, there's a lot of people talking about the state, you know, Florida, Central Florida. And I just thought, you know, one of my, when I was a kid, I was a Queens Park Rangers fan. And uh, I, I just love the fact that they use the, the territory of the town that they were from and really niche it down to say, this is who we are. You know, there are many queen cities out there, but Burlington sits right, right on Lake Champlain, which is a gigantic lake uh, up in the region. It runs right down the middle, uh, runs down from Canada and splits New York, and Vermont in half. Uh, we've got Plattsburgh on the other side, but it's called the queen city. And uh, just to really think about that, you know, queen city, if we're going to do anything, um, Anything worthwhile remembering, we're going to have to have something that's that's pretty good branding. And it's, you know, Royals just came out of nowhere. You know, Royals, Queen City, it's just kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I also love now that so, that, so that waterway starts in Canada or is in Canada and, and your part. So that's kind of like a, a great metaphor for your football region as well. It's that whole water thing encompasses all the parts of the football world that you're playing in. That's cute. That works really yeah. well. Um, Absolutely, I think we're right on the doorstep of, of Canada, so yeah, we're in a good spot. If if things uh, don't progress very well in Canada, we can always go uh, to a fine organization like the USARL and uh, and play, or, or we can go north. Uh, you know, we we've got some options up to us. Now, let's. You talked about a fifty-year plan, which is so fantastic because people like to talk in five or ten. But I love Justin that you've got no. What, what I want to see what happens in fifty years. Tell me what you really want to see. We we I put you in a space machine and we fly. Into 50 years, we land back down on the coast of Queen City. What do you really want to see the Queen City Royals doing? Well, I think the, the biggest thing that I would like to see is that we can we can sustain our own business, right? We can bring players in. Uh, if we go to the USARL route, uh, six, we can bring six international players in, right, and be able to, to have them focus uh, on the game, have them focusing on helping develop other players that are there as kind of a player coach role. Um, and then really not to have to bring dues from our players, right? I know that's an ambitious goal, but if we do it the right way, um, we can bring people around that, you know, financially maybe couldn't, if they have the athletic ability or whatever, but they, they probably couldn't financially pay the dues every year. Mm. Um, and I think uh, if we look at some of our, our economic areas that are out there, I know that we have some of those. We have some that are pretty low. Uh, on the scale. So, uh, you know, just looking out there saying, can we, can we be a sustainable uh, business entity ourselves? And can we pay all of our dues and not have to worry about at the end of the season going, all right, we still owe the DJ 12 bucks or whatever it is. Right. So, you know, just to be able to, to get to the end of the year, uh, have nothing left over uh, that needs to be paid for. 
and then look to next year and then start paying off some of those finances and really just bringing in some of the better known um, people from Vermont, you know, really some of the companies that are out there uh, that are household names in the U.S. Uh, that people would know are right here in Vermont. Um, Green Mountain Coffee, Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream, mm. uh, you name it, right? Magic Hat uh, Brewing Company, you know, those are some pretty big um, companies that are right here in, in Vermont and really just, you know, if we're going to celebrate Queen City, we're Vermont, we're going to take that everywhere we go and we're going to bring the best of Vermont that we can with us. Whether that means uh, it's going to be Ben and Jerry's, which I would love. I love Ben and Jerry's ice cream, especially uh, at two o'clock in the morning, right? <laughs> Who doesn't? Uh, but, you know, even if it's, even if it's the little guys, right, uh, bringing them out, there's some, some, a tremendous amount of brewing companies up here that you know, it seems like they're, they come and go, but a lot of the gold medal winners uh, from uh, international competitions are right in Vermont, so it'd be, it'd be great to have those on board. So, Justin, really, from this conversation, it sounds like you really wanted to get into rugby league because, you know, that happened. But now, since then, you've talked about how you want to make sure kids get off the couch. You want to make sure that women are getting represented in sport. And you want to make sure that businesses survive in Vermont. I mean, you're the most altruistic person in rugby league. I've just said, what do you want to happen in 50 years? Some people would have said, I want to make sure we've had, you know, 10 years of dominance and we're destroying the Ontario Aces. But you've said, no, I want to make sure that economically my region's doing well and, you know, the people are happy and safe. That's incredible. I want I want what's best for for rugby league, right? Even if this experiment that we we call Queen City it is an epic fail, can we get something out of this, right? And that's really what I want to do. And, and I hope that things go well. Uh, I think that we have a good plan together, uh, and I think that uh, we're going in the right direction in the future. But I, at the end of the day, I really want whatever's best for rugby league. Okay. Well, can we also take one huge step back because all of those things you just mentioned, then women being better represented in sport, children getting back in, uh, getting off the couch and the economy getting better sounds like things that America genuinely um, would also benefit from. So can you see America, like rugby league in America in 50 years being a predominant sport there? I, listen, I, I think people say all the time, we're never going to be a top four sport, right? It, it, that could be a hundred percent true. Doesn't mean we shouldn't act like it. Right. Right. If, if we want people to take us seriously, if we want to build a brand of North American rugby league, right? Who even knows what that is right now? We don't, you can't even put your finger on what our style is or, or whatever it is, right? That, that we're growing here. Mm. Um, we have to really focus on that. We've got to, we've got to act like, act as if, right? I think you've, you've probably heard that a million times before, but it, there's no reason why we shouldn't be acting like we're, we're uh, an organization that can be, in contention with the NFL, right? Or the NHL or whatever. Um, we've got to be realistic, right? We're probably not going to be, but there's no reason why we shouldn't be acting like it. And that, that includes finances, that includes branding, that includes, uh, you know, whatever. Love it. Love it. How can we get involved? I know I've, um, before we set up this interview, I've, I heard about you through uh, the North American podcast by Nate Gladden, Rugby League in America podcast, but and, and the name got me straight away. How can we get involved? Yes, we, we're pretty active, uh, mostly uh, the most active on uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Just came on with Instagram, uh, some of Facebook. Um, one of the big things right now, we, we had a, um, we still kind of have uh, a, a coach in mind. Uh, he's had some visa issues. Who knows what's going to happen, especially with COVID coming along. Um, so we're still in the, in the, on the lookout for uh for a coach or at least a player coach 
that's out there. Um, but it, you know, at the end of the day, we gotta we gotta produce our own, um, which is why I think in the beginning I had a I had a conversation with John from uh, Milby Eagles, and I wasn't sold on uh, player coaches, uh, and I'm, I'm glad that I had the conversation with him. And if we can bring somebody that had been playing the game for a long time, and 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 they can shed some light on some things. Just to be, you know, hey, you really should be here when you're there, you know, that kind of stuff. I think that'll be tremendous. Um, but we're going in the right direction. We're uh, we've got a lot of interest and a lot of people that have reached out and said, hey, you know, you get your player, your uh, coaching certification here and there. Uh, my focus really is, you know, I'm 42 now. My focus is really going to be uh, off the field. Yep. Um, so being that person you know, around that's thinking about it every single day and trying to put something toward it every single day, uh, that's my focus. Great, so coaching, because we hear that in, in so many developing places all over the place. And so here it is again, we need, you need coaching or, or coaches. Okay, great. And, and also um, getting around, following you guys on the socials. And is there any kind of membership or any kind of way that they can, people can financially help? Yeah, we haven't gotten to that part yet. We were, we were really uh, going to push that through our sponsorship, um, but I'm sure we can get something together to uh, and send it out to you if you uh, want to blast it out for us. Yeah, great. So once um, you need to get them on the socials, and then once you find Queen City Royals on the socials, you find out how you can become a member. Super exciting. Thanks, Justin. This has been great. That's all the questions and comments I have, sir. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up before we finish? No, that's it. I appreciate your time. I appreciate what you're doing for the sport, uh, You know, reaching out to the smaller uh, kind of nuanced people in the game and, and spend some light on what they're doing. I, I think it's great. I appreciate it. Dude, you're the one on holiday at the moment, you know, at Universal Studios <laughs> talking to me about rugby league. Everyone should be thanking you. Uh, great, yeah, man. Was, I, I say it all the time. I, I got to force myself uh, every day, every day, do, do one thing um, that, that helps us get closer to a goal that we're trying to achieve. And at the end of the year, we'll, we'll have uh, some success if I can just do that. So even here on vacation, I got to put the time in, right? That's amazing. So, you you really wake up every day and say I got to do one thing for rugby league today. I, I I genuinely try to do it every single day, even if it's just uh, you know something quick like hey, this is a, a sponsor that I'd like to have or so, somebody that I think you'd like to develop a relationship with before my head hits a pillow. Send them an email. This is why you got to get around Queen City Royals people. Justin is doing <laughs> his best. We need to help him. Thanks, man. This has been great. Thanks. I appreciate your time.